answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters Special Edition. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Today, right now, we're uh, recording this on Tuesday, March 17th. And uh, we started this recording at approximately 1235. Yeah, just to kind of give you, because the world is changing. Uh, uh, by the moment. Pacific time, 1235 Pacific Thank time. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So it is... Uh, and the reason for this, what we're attempting to accomplish here is a couple things. One is is to give you a, just a little <laughs> snippet into, into what our lives have been like the last few days in our industry and leading our firm. We'll talk a bit about that. But we also want to get into what should you be doing right now? As an investor. And I know many of the podcast listeners are clients of our organization. Many of our our podcast listeners are not. But uh, for many people, it's to really do nothing and to stay calm. But for some, it is about doing some things. And we'll talk through through that as well. We just want to share what we're thinking um, through this. So Exactly. Scott and I have worked together for almost 30 years. Um, I still remember, you know, being in the office in 9-11, the uh, how we worked with our clients in the tech boom, uh, the Great Recession. Um, they're all a little different um, in terms of how I personally feel emotionally. Maybe it has to do with maturity, and you know, this too shall pass. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. right. This too. A little tougher for. Uh, I've got two college kids that are home. Both one in their last semester of her uh, master's degree and one last semester of college, and they're both like, "You can, what do they do? They don't have jobs, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So they, no one's hiring. There's no internships. You know. The world as we know it is kind of. We all have those yeah, issues in our lives right now. Either press pause or cancel, right? That's what we're seeing. Pause or cancel. So let's we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the. Let's talk. Start with talking about the current environment, what we think, and then we'll talk about how we're. Yeah. Dealing so with this as a firm and why, at the end of this, we think a lot of businesses, including our own... Will be fundamentally different. Will, yes, will we'll operate uh, in a much different environment going forward. That's right. And some industries are just... may never recover from this. There could be. And I think what's interesting about this bear market, bear market is defined when the stock market falls 20% or more historically. What's unique about this, or maybe... First of all, not. We're not in a recession. We don't. We might be in a recession. So we obviously got to be. Come on. But but the pure definition of a recession is after the fact, where it's two quarters in a row of falling GDP. So then, so you could actually be out. You could say we're in a recession, and you'll actually be out. What we know is that the economy is shrinking right now. I would bet. uh, Of course, it is. Yes, I would bet that we are in a recession. And the time we're recording this, we have, so we're headquartered in Sacramento. We have three offices throughout, four offices throughout Sacramento. We've got five offices in the Bay Area. San Francisco Bay Area. Yep, we have uh, two offices in Cincinnati. We've got offices in Dallas, Seattle, Atlanta. Denver. Uh, Den- 
Did you Denver, Denver and uh, Grand Rapids, and I might be missing uh, another one or two. So we've got offices uh, quite all, all over the place. And in the Bay Area yesterday, let's come out and said you need to shelter in place. Don't go to work unless your job is totally essential. We defined some things like that. And uh, so when this thing first hit as as Every there's every industry is being impacted, but some much more than others. And the more we work to stem the virus, the more economic pain there's going to be in everyone's lives. Oh, and some a lot more than others, a lot more than others for some. I mean, there is some if you were if you owned a, a nightclub in California, I don't know, or it's going to be everywhere, right? By this point, it's. How do you survive this? Yes. Most small businesses, I don't know how they're going to survive. And then part of our concern is government inter- inter- intervention, and will that actually help or cause more problems? So the first bill that came out, Pat, it's mandated all uh, employers, including small employers, to pay for sick leave, pay 100% of someone's salary for the first week or two or something like that, and then uh, even for longer term if someone's got uh, sick, which is – that's a look, that's great – and here at Allworth, well, we're we in a good shape. We're helping people. We're like, your kids are home, whatever. Like, we're not even. But when we started 30 years ago, we wouldn't have been able to do it. Well, think about think about if you're a restaurant owner. Oh, um, I, I have a number of friends that own restaurants. You're shut down, and you've got to continue to pay. Crazy. On the law that they are trying to pass. So, I, I, Instead of the government maybe just sending a check to those people. Well, or that's where we're going to end up. That's where we're going to end up. And you look at the airline industry. I was talking to somebody who was a pilot. He said it feels like 9-11 in slow motion. It does feel a little like that. Just like this is a new world and how do we adapt? So these airlines aren't going to survive without a government inter- government bailout. It does feel a little like that. So there will be. You know, the funny thing is this feels so much different than... Uh, the last recession bear market. And the reason is I think the government is more willing and better equipped to write checks and do whatever economic stimulus they need to do. Because um, the Fed only has so much power, and I think they're pretty much out of bullets. Uh, they're, they're, cl- they're obviously bringing interest rates. Uh, and buying- back to quantitative easing. They're back... Back buying bonds in the marketplace. Yes, yes. Uh, mortgage-backed securities. That and actually, mar- they, they announced that on Sunday, and on Monday, the market had a tremendous sell-off. Yeah, which was... Because um, the people don't have any confidence. What's that going to do? How's that going <laughs> to help the restaurant Well, that's, that's... And it's the ripple effect. So you think about the rest. Here's a prime example. Our own organization. We own some buildings that are, are we have with our staff. Some we do not. In the Bay Area, we had its shelter-in-place... Uh, unless your business is essential. And financial services was one of those. We made a decision to operate on a very skeletal crew. Again, trying to... F- we have about 80% of our employees, 70 to 80% are working from home. Right now. But this with um, a, a skeletal crew to make sure we're practicing the social distancing and, and that sort of thing. We want to be in compliance with best best uh, uh, efforts here. And uh, but So that office, we were going to keep open with the skeletal crew. And then... The owner of the, the building just said, we're shutting down. They're closing. They're closing, so you can't come in. Well, as a business owner, do we continue to pay rent for space that we cannot occupy, even yes. though we're legally allowed to occupy? 
I don't know. know. We haven't had that really discussion. Know. I just kind of went through my know. mind as I was thinking. Know. You're a restaurant owner. You you're you can't operate. You have no revenue. Do you pay the landlord? Only if you have the money. And maybe even then not. And then you're the landlord. But, and but, but the landlord, you've got odds are you there's a mortgage on it. You've got to make pay the mortgage payments. Scott, that it, might be packaged and in, 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 in be in some uh, bond mutual fund. That someone has in their 401k or IRA? Maybe I'm overly optimistic. We will get through this. No question. The markets will recover. No question. The markets will recover. And there will be some good things financially, economically. I'm not talking about, let's set aside the, um, from as far as health and how that deals with the potential deaths and those sort of things. That's a horrible thing. But from a financial standpoint, a business standpoint, There'll be increased productivity, and I believe it's going to push us t- ten years into the future on the technology basis. It's already started, even oh, in our own organization. Oh. We're just so it's more, more efficient. So let's talk about what if you're a uh, an investor, what you need to be thinking about now, right? So we're in this environment. We don't know if it's going to be three weeks, three months. We will get through this. this we always too have. Shall pass. Markets will move higher again. The, the government may do things that we don't like or we don't agree with, but because no one is to blame for this, this isn't the financial crisis. It's a little I think different. They're going to step in and do what they can in order to restart the equity markets. We've already seen them step into the capital markets on the bond side, what they call the repo or the short-term yeah. money market. And they've actually stepped in on the uh, mortgage-backed securities markets in order to prop that up. Is it conceivable that they actually step into the stock markets at some point in time in the equity markets? I hope not. I do too. I hope not. But <laughs> Gosh, I hope not. It's conceivable. I'd rather see them if the. I'd rather see them provide direct relief uh, to those that have that. You're a restaurant owner. The government says you need to shut down. Look, if the, if the if the typical American doesn't can't doesn't have four hundred bucks How's, to pay for, I mean, how are they going to survive this? How are you going to get through this? And now we've got kids kicked out of school, so they're home, so people are having to work from home, and you can't be. I mean, and, and then the teachers are expecting you to continue to educate your own kids at home, and so you've got a job at the same time. It's just uh, so, so. Here's what you so the things that you should be focusing on now as an investor are the things that you can control. First of all, your own emotions, right? That's right. Your own emotions, right? That's probably the number one thing we should have yeah. on here, right? Do you get, look, it is where it is, right? So I've had a couple phone calls, um, people saying, well, should I lower my stock exposure? No. Well, probably not. But uh, so the first thing uh, is really know where to your stay, money is. Stay, well, the before that is control your emotions. You need to try to stay calm in this and understand that if you do not do that and you make changes to your portfolio, the odds are they will be irrational and they will be damaging to your finances. That's what history has proven time and again. So you find a way to control your emotions and to stay calm through this. This will pass. From there, Pat. Know what you own. And by the way, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, we talk about rebalancing portfolios making sure that they're diversified appropriately for you and your risk tolerance. This is when you know your risk tolerance. This isn't when you act on your risk tolerance. This is when you know your risk tolerance. And here's why it's important to know what you own. I'll give an example. 
I was talking with a client. This was a few weeks ago. I'm trying. I don't remember the exact date. Uh, things were st- thing. The markets were starting to pull back a bit, just a bit, like maybe after a day or two. And uh, I was talking to this woman. Uh, she was quite nervous. Uh, she was in her 60s, still working, planned on working for a few more years. And she was nervous about the markets and had a pretty good size savings, had a million bucks or whatever in her IRA. And and uh, she was nervous about the markets. And we started talking about it. And we said, well, let's actually look at what's in your portfolio. And her portfolio was 45% in stocks. So she made, she didn't, she probably didn't, she may have heard that. From someone at some point in time, but she probably didn't right. internalize that. So I said, let's look, let's talk about what you actually own. And we talked about her different positions. So look, of your million bucks, a half of it is not tied into stocks. It's in conservative type bonds, shorter type bonds, sums in cash. So she said, oh, but afterwards she's like, oh, I feel, I feel much better now. And I said, look, the concept behind... Have stocks. If you own stocks, we we in the financial services industry like to talk about long term. And long term is that that's so you can give things time enough to recover. That's why you own it. So if you don't need income from your stock position for five years, you don't need to sell off any assets for five years. Then you've got plenty of time to let things recover. So most people who went into this diversified, knowing what they owned. Just fine. Are fine. However, if you're sitting there right now and you're looking in and you're still highly overweighted in a particular, a couple particular industries. You may want to revisit that. Because or if you're going to need the money and to close escrow on a house well, in six weeks. Well, that's just silly. You don't think those things are happening right now? Well, maybe they are, but that's, I hope not any of our podcast listeners. I hope, I would hope that they were smarter than that. The challenge with a 12-year bull run is that as the longer it went on, the people forgot about risk. And we had talked about before, and if you could listen to previous episodes, but I said, look, over the last 20 years, we had two major downturns that pulled the stock market down by roughly half. It would be best to, best to design your portfolio that that might happen again. We don't That's, know when it's going to happen. Well, That's here the it problem. is. I mean, we're in it. Yeah, we're not. We're down roughly thirty percent as of yesterday. Yes, and it could go further. Who knows how or much it could, further? Or it could recover. Or it could go recover, and then it could go back down, and then recover and go back down. We know yeah. that the volatility. What we do know, Pat, is that the earnings from those companies over the next couple of years are nothing like to what we thought they were going to be six weeks ago. That's correct. There is. It's not just when we see that the value of. Uh, the overall equities have declined, and look at the global the trillions of dollars decline. There's, it's not just a short-term blip. There's an actual degradation I, of. I, I agree production. with you there, but so have the yields on uh, the risk-free assets, which have a tendency yeah, I to understand drive. All that. Yeah, I know, I know you understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows over the short term, right? Right. Nobody knows. Yes. We, we clearly don't know what's going to happen in the short term. But the more you can understand what you own, and if you're broadly diversified then you shouldn't you really shouldn't worry about it. And frankly, uh, if you've got a disciplined approach going into this, you, you you probably sold some stocks at the beginning of the year just through a natural rebalance and you might be buying right now not because you think we've hit bottom or you're being opportunistic. It's just the prince the, the the program you had set up originally. Yeah, so if I had 50% of my portfolio in stocks and 50% 
in the S excuse me in bonds and 50% in the S&P 500 right now at the end of the last year I was overweighted stocks I would have sold them to bring it back to the 50%. Now I'm underweighted stocks I am going to buy more stocks because I am underweighted stocks because they have done poorly. I sell the thing that's done good or nothing at all and buy the thing that's done bad. So stay calm, know what you own. The next is really know what your income needs are going to be from your portfolio. And if you don't need to sell any stocks in the next five years, then don't worry about what the prices are. It's irrelevant what they are today. It, it's not, it doesn't matter whatsoever. You care what it's worth five years down the road, not what it's worth today. And if you freak out and make a choice today, you're taking what is a temporary decline and making it a permanent loss of your portfolio. It's a permanent destruction of capital if you choose to sell out right now. I had a, I had a, uh, a client, list. I was talking to him and he said, 56, 57? And he said, should I increase my stock exposure? And I said, well, it could go down, but it's down 30% already on the stock side, but it could go down further. And he, he said, I don't care what it is tomorrow or next year. I care when it is 10 years from now or when I'm going to spend the money. I'm like, yeah. At that point in time, made sense for him to actually possibly overweight his portfolio a little bit more equities. Yeah, stocks. Well. Uh, so they, I think the other thing is to really look for what opportunities are are there today. First of all, I believe, we believe businesses will, uh, many businesses will conduct their operations differently going forward. Than Probably much today. more efficiently. Right. So we've been using Zoom a great deal. Uh, we used to use it a little bit in the past. Now everyone in the organization's trained up on it, able to use it quickly. We're in having calls with multiple people all on the same screen. We've gotten better at it. We've had to. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just how you interact in a meeting versus how you interact in a Zoom meeting. Right. So you start to wonder, all right, so when this recovers, if business travel shut down, businesses might say, you know what? We spent, for what we spent last year on travel, let's take 20% of that budget Let's cut half our, tra our travel by 50%. Let's take 20% of that budget and let's invest it in making sure we've had phenomenal uh, technology to make our our Zoom or GoToMeeting or whatever we're using. Or let's just push it to the bottom line in terms of profit. Yeah. But so, I mean, that's going to that's gonna change. And you, you look at even some of these tech companies with these big campuses, when Evan's forced to work from home, you, you, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Bay Area and real estate prices and stuff. Boston, Chicago, New York how we interact with each other, right? How we think about it. Because this is probably, we're probably going to be homebound for a while. How we think about it. Yeah. I don't mind being homebound. It's just having my kids homebound with me. Right. I personally would be okay at home by myself, but. Yeah, I get it. I'm in the same to, 18 spot. to 23, three of them have come back home because they were in some degree of college. And my daughter has a 24 year old has a lot of energy and the gyms are all now shut down. Doesn't she have some dogs too? Oh yeah. Good times. Big old dog named Denver. <laughs> okay. Lab mix, all which right. is a pit giant pit bull. So the, sweet, but. look for sales, wash sales. Yeah. Here's your opportunities. There are clearly opportunities right now. One wash. If you've got an asset that's undervalued right now and it's an attachable account, let's particularly if it's a mutual fund or an ETF, you can sell it and buy something somewhat similar 
Not and identical. Not identical, but somewhat similar. You're still keeping your market position, but yet you've uh, you've triggered, you've locked so, in a, a capital loss. Yes. So you're harvesting losses. It just needs to be different enough so it's, it passes yeah. the wash sale rules. Uh, Roth conversion. Now might be a great time to do a Roth conversion. If you're already thinking about doing one this year, that's part of your plan, convert some equities to your Roth. Say, I'm going to convert whatever you th plan on converting. Now is probably the right time to do it. Look for opportunities for investments. Look for opportunities. And if you're comfortable, maybe increase your equity exposure a little bit. Well, you might increase it just by well, having a disciplined approach into rebalancing. But even beyond that, maybe it could make sense to increase your, yes. your equity exposure some. So those are some of the things to be looking at, looking for. And again, I think it comes back to the first thing. Stay calm. And it doesn't mean you should, for many people that have the right approach coming into this, you're fine to ignore it. You're fine to say, I'm not going to look at my, my account all the time. For those that have not had a disciplined approach coming into this, did not have a good plan coming into this, then you, 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 you better roll up the sleeves and say, what do you own? Where Is that broadly diversified enough? And when do you need that income? And can you ride this thing out? Or can you not? Yes. Not every industry is going to recover. So anyway, this has been our special edition of All Worth's Money Matters with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. We hope you found this useful. And if you did, we ask two favors. One, uh, forward this on to someone who you think that could benefit from this. you got a friend, a colleague, loved one, if you think it's helpful, forward this podcast along. Secondly, if uh, you think it's helpful, go to um, where you uh, downloaded this and, and please uh, give us a review. We would appreciate a review on that as well. So again, thanks for taking part of our podcast and let's hope this thing gets over sooner than we all are anticipating it will this program has been brought to you by allworth financial a registered investment advisory firm any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice you should consult your own financial advisor tax consultant or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence